Will your child be ready for kindergarten? At Chesterbrook Academy Preschool, the answer is yes. Our curriculum offers the perfect balance of learning and play. Our teachers personalize that experience for each child through engaging activities that develop the skills they need to be ready for what comes next. Attend a Chesterbrook Academy open house on Saturday, March 21st from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. To find a preschool near you, click the banner or visit chesterbrookacademy.com. That's chesterbrookacademy.com. There's something about Germany, why I made a curator's pick of the Hollywood French community. This is another great episode of the film review. We are the husband and wife team. We are the husband and wife team. We are the husband and wife team. Stay tuned. We're the husband and wife team. I'm Crazy D. And this is the film review. Stay tuned. We got a lot to talk about. We are the husband and wife team that review movies, music, culture, politics, and society. This is the film review. Movies, music, culture, politics, and society. We're the husband and wife team. I'm Crazy D. I'm Tracy. And we review movies, music, culture, politics, and society. Sunday at 5.30 on Crazon Dion page on Facebook. Live stream. The film review. Movies, music, culture, politics, and society. This is the film review. What's going on, people? This is another great episode of the film review. Movies, music, culture, politics, and society. We are the husband and wife team. I'm Crazy D. I'm Tracy. And we review movies, music, culture, politics, and society. And do we have a great one for you today as I begin to populate? Uh, we're going to be talking about the new movie that just hit the theaters yeah. called The Public. Yeah. We're also going to be talking about The Best of Enemies. We're going to also be speaking on and discussing about the uh, new show yeah. called The Film Review, Music Review Show, yeah. which is going to be debuting April 30th. Then we're going to round up talking about the election yeah. that just... Uh, finish happening in Las Vegas uh, primary election and we're going to talk about um, the uh, young man named Stretch Sanders his uh, his candidacy you know making history as the youngest in uh, Las Vegas to run at 24 years old we're going to talk about that uh, let me do some uh, population real quick let me share this to uh, group or so yeah, while you're populating yeah uh, the movie the public we learned about it uh, from an interview by Ryan Fest he was on like the breakfast club he was on sway in the morning and he talked about his new film um, produced by Emilio Estevez and from what we heard about the film, it sounded really interesting. And then we went online and uh, read up on the film. And then we found out that the film would be showing in Las Vegas. So, you know, of course, we had to go and see it. And it's an independent film. Um, and we're really, really big on um, checking out, independent, checking out films. independent films. 
Right. And it was worth seeing. Well, 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 seeing. well was it worth it seeing? Was good. Was it worth Excellent. We're, we're going to talk about it. We're going to yeah. talk about it because that's the lead in. Was it worth seeing? Yeah. And then. It was worth seeing. Then we went to go see. Um, the Best of Enemies. Best of Enemies. Now, is it just the same old civil rights movie or is it more? So we're going to be uh, talking about that again. And of course, you know, the election uh, happened and well, the primary happened. And, you know, we're going to talk about that. We don't want to get into that too soon. Um, so we'll give it section right here. Let me finish populating here and populate out to the people. But how's your week been going since we've uh, since we've been since last uh, Sunday? How's your week been going? Allergies, but other than that, allergies, allergy season, people. And you know it's heightened because you know they've been doing a lot of building out in Las Vegas lately. Lots of building, and it's been just heightened with allergies. And what did the the allergist said? People are flying in uh, plants. That's right. And trees. And trees. And grass. And it's changing the environment. The ecosystem. That's right. So people will come out here to not be infected or affected by things that will cause allergies. And, uh, well, guess what? They are affected because they brought their uh, lifestyle with them or what they were used to seeing. The landscape, we'll say. Movies, music, culture, politics. Let's talk about who's in the film for the public. The public, starring Emilio Estevez, um, Jenna Malone, Gabrielle Union, Alec Baldwin, Kristen Slater... Taylor Schilling, Michael Kenneth Williams, Richard T. Jones, Jeffrey White, uh, Susanna Thompson, Spencer Garrett, uh, Jacob Vargas. It was a stellar cast. Great, great acting. And of course, Rhymefest. Um, great acting. Did like a really, really, really good job. And he had been working on this film, he said, for years. For years, since 07. Yeah, and he didn't have a huge budget, but what he did have was great friends, talented other actors who just came through and were a part of the film based on um, what the film is about, which Mm -hmm. is the homeless community. So, Um, if for those who don't know, the public is short for the public library, right? Film review. I'm still populating here, so excuse me as we go through. But uh, the it stands for the public library. And the movie is based out in Cincinnati, Ohio. Uh, downstate, which would be southern Ohio. Right. You know what I'm saying? We're from Cleveland, Ohio, which is northern, northeast Ohio, northern Ohio. Right. Um, and it's based from out of Cincinnati, Ohio, which is down by Dayton, you know, uh, closer to Columbus, you know, music, movie, culture, politics, and society. So, it's based... In uh, Cincinnati, Ohio. Yeah. 
is Cincinnati Library. Cincinnati Library, that's right. Yeah. And the the whole uh, aspect of what's going on as far as the uh, peace is concerned right. is that uh, there it's a winter snap. Anyone who lives in the Ohio Valley region, yeah. you know, like Cincinnati is by, they have a river. Mm-hmm. We have a lake. Yeah. Anyone who knows about um, cold snaps, yeah. Arctic chill snaps yeah. in the Ohio region, Ohio Valley region, right. will know that it gets really cold. Yeah, like Midwest or uh, what, East Coast? I mean, if you're in Buffalo, New York, you can feel the yes. pain of yeah. of like what Cleveland, Ohio has because right. you, we share Lake Erie. Yeah. Right? So, there's a cold snap happening as the story opens up. And the homeless during the day, right. the library opens up at about 9 a.m. Right, yeah. And the homeless during the day use the library as a refuge yeah. during the uh, cold snap that's happening right. in Cincinnati, Ohio at that time, right? right? And so um, they're mm-hmm. there and they're feeling this cold snap yeah. and they're using the library, but the, the cold is going below yes. zero. Yes. Now you know, and all the shelters are filled. All the shelters are filled, right? Right. Uh, there's a lack of shelters, yeah. and as the story unfolds, you find that there's a lack of caring yeah. towards the homeless, right? By some politicians. By some politicians, uh, and they act as if they have done enough to help, yeah. but they haven't. So again, like we said, they use the. They use the library during the day as a refuge, or they use the computers. They read books. They they uh, use the restrooms right. to wash right. and you know do all that. Right? Which is true. So when watching this film, I thought about the library um, because back home I worked near a library. Well, when I was younger, I worked. You actually worked in. I the actually library. You were a good. librarian. So you have like young like kids who are looking for summer jobs or in college and I mean the library is just like a great job to you know but when I moved on older as an adult after school you know a couple of me and my co-workers I work downtown we would go to the library you know during lunch and like magazines movies and mm-hmm. stuff like that hey what's going on Angela Maddox thanks hey, for Angela. chiming in and we would see the homeless you know they would come in they would get on the computers they would read books so when I saw this movie, that made me think about, hey, that's true. They do. Yeah, the, the homeless, they do. They wait for the libraries to open. They go in and they educate themselves. And they get on the computers and they're reading books and they're trying to stay warm. So this made me think about that. You know, so. Thinking about the library for one second, when my wife uh, worked in the library as a librarian, um... We were young, yeah. and I was a DJ, and yeah. and you called and told me they're getting rid of the vinyl. Oh yeah, and you can't right? They were the closing vinyl. out the vinyl yeah. because it was turning into CD. Yeah, uh, CD delivered 
information and I came yeah. in and I went through and it was a smorgasbord of vinyl. vinyl. And I mean, I just went through and picked it up. Stuff jazz. that was jazz, uh, soundtracks to Blues, classic movies. Gospel, everything. Uh, 50 cents of vinyl. Yeah. Full, full length vinyl at 50 cents. It yeah. was like a smorgasbord and yeah. you know, I was young then and yeah. you know, I didn't have everything that I needed. I was uh pushing carts at the time yeah. and so I picked up what I could yeah. and I just looked at the rest and said wow all of this is going to go to waste yeah. you know but anyway that's just a side view so back to the back to the public so again it's a coast yeah. and they're using the restrooms to clean keep yeah. themselves clean yeah. and they're using the library again to yeah. read or be on the computers to yeah. be in refuge during the day yeah. but when the library closes at 9 o'clock yeah. the end of their not say good time but yeah. leisurely time of being able to fight or not have to fight the elements yeah will come to an end every day. So, you wonder why, you know, in in steps the librarian, I guess you would say he's like the head head of the department, of his department, Amelia Estevez's character, who comes in and he is compassionate and caring for the homeless. Yeah. It's really his policy that's in place right. that's really allowing them to even come in. Right. And at the beginning of the film, you see this, uh, you see a new display that they got in, which is right. a large stuffed taxidermied yeah, polar, polar bear. bear. Name, right? who did they name him? What did they call him? Barry White. Barry White, that's yeah. right. They sure did. Yeah. They called him Barry White. And his existence there in the library is a metaphor for the film, but we'll get back to that in a second. Alright, so Amelia Estevez's character is as the film opens Hey, D'Angelo. Up, hey, what's up, D'Angelo? Thanks for chiming in and watching. Uh, as the film begins, the, the Amelia Estevez character, his character is, be, is embroiled in a situation where there is a lawsuit that's been placed right. uh, placed against the library because they had to escort a homeless person out because yeah. the the patrons over right. a period of time were complaining about his body odor. Right. I guess he must have been one who did not partake in using the yeah. restrooms to uh, freshen up every day. Yeah, because some are mentally ill some. that are on the street. Homeless, yeah, mm-hmm. so he didn't think about washing himself. He was I mean, you mentally know, ill. As the story is told, right, right. So he's embroiled in this. Him, right. him himself. Yeah. The library is named. The yeah. trustees are named. Security and his head security guy right. is named right. in this lawsuit because right. they escorted him out. And that and was they just said the they one violated his civil rights. Yeah, and that was just one of many stories in this film. Great yeah, yeah, film, yeah. multiple stories so, going on. So as as the situation unfolds, right. this is what the head security person and Emilia Estevez's character are embroiled in in this lawsuit. So 
their their job security is pretty much on the line. Uh, 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 we, we can say that much, right? Right. So it's another. So the next day, right. they find out that a homeless person yeah. has passed yeah. due to the elements, and they can't find another homeless person, which is. Uh, who is a supporting character in the yeah. story, but very important to them because he seems to have all the facts. So this is the initiating event and the dramatic need that is given because it's an ensemble cast. Right. So this is the dramatic need that is given to the homeless. Uh, they call them patrons right. that, that come into the library. Right. The homeless patrons that come into the library, that is their... Their dramatic need and their initiating event is yeah. the homeless person dying and not being able to find yeah. one of the pivotal characters, right? Right. So, the character played... But let, let's go through the cast real quick because we hadn't okay. gone through the cast. That way we yeah. can pull and give you more because we talked about... Uh, Rhyme Fest. Rhyme Fest. He, he plays one of the... His role is very pivotal and we'll oh, yeah, get to him is. also. Yeah, it is. But Michael... Uh, Kenneth Williams. Michael Kenneth Williams. Great actor. Great actor. So we'll go through it as as I tell the story. Right. Because I'm only going to go so far and then you can see yeah, the so film you can after see the that. Theme. Right. Yeah. So Michael Kenneth Because Williams. believe me, what we're telling you doesn't really uh, doesn't give really the film give justice theme. because it's just like it's so intricate and so many different characters and right. storylines going on within this film. So but Michael Michael Kenneth Williams comes to the Amelia Estevez character. Right. Who, who does Amelia Estevez Amelia play? Amelia Estevez, he plays Stuart Goodson. Stuart Goodson. He comes to Stuart. Right. And uh, uh, Michael is... Uh, Jackson. Jackson. He plays Jackson. Jackson right. comes to uh, Amelia Estevez, Stevens, right. and tells him that um, they, that they should keep the library open. open. Right. Right? Because of this... The person froze to death, and, and they yeah. they don't want to die because he has limited clothing. Right, he has yeah. a top coat, but it's not meant for Arctic no. freezing. Right, so he's like, um, you know, let me let us stay here tonight. Right, and he was like, um, well, you know, the library is not a refuge, right? So this is going on. I remember in the back of his mind, he's got this lawsuit right. that they're going to have to pay out a certain amount of money to this homeless guy right. for violating his civil rights, right. right? For not letting him stay in the library and violate it, you right. know, even though they were doing company policy, right? Right. right. So he goes to uh, Jeffrey Wright's character. What's his name? Um, Anderson. He is the supervisor right. uh, over the library. He's, yeah. he's the man. Head administrator. Head administrator. Yeah. And he goes to him and he says, can we keep the library open? And he says, you know that really what's happening with what's happening, your job is on the line. Right. And so you shouldn't be trying to hatch these type of things out. Right. And then as he says this, the homeless people are deciding to stage a sit-in. Right. And that is what kicks okay. the whole movie off from there. That's when you're really introduced to Alec Baldwin's yeah. character. You're introduced to... Um, Christian Slater. Christian Slater, right. who, who is running to be mayor yeah. of the city. Right. 
and you're introduced to all of these intricate characters that play a part. You find many different characters arcing in this piece. It is a beautifully put together piece of filmmaking because the ensemble cast, the ones that are in lead and some secondary, you see the arc in them. Right. Right? Right. And so this is a film well worth seeing. Ernesto taking the security the guard. Ernesto the security yeah, guard yeah, played J- by uh, Jacob Vargas. Okay, and let's His go through some of mm-hmm. His role is major. His role is major. Um Richard T. Jones is the chief uh, Yeah, that Richard T. Chief Jones. Edwards. Yeah, he plays Chief Edwards. He's the one yeah. that uh, their story beats yeah. in this film. He called in well, we're gonna Ball. Bring, I mean, uh, Alec Baldwin. Yeah, yeah, he called in Al- Alec Baldwin. But he is the story beat that says, hey, yeah, Alec Baldwin, you're actually going to be there. Right. You know what I mean? And you'll see what we're talking about when yeah. we're in the film. Gabrielle. Uh, Gabrielle she Union. <laughs> she, yeah, she does arc. Yeah. Right? Because in the beginning, her character was not too likable. Not not too likable. But she pulled all. through in the end. She pulls through hey, in Rosalind. the end. Yeah. D'Angelo says, hey, I got to look him up. Yes. Right. Yeah, you do. You do. Up. You have to look. You have to look up the various characters. You have to yep. look this up. Yep. Check out the film, uh, the public. You know, and really worth seeing. Really, really worth good. seeing. So we're gonna go through the technical side of the film, but that's pretty much the setup. We gave you the setup. You have to go to the theater and see this film because it's topical, yeah. and the way that they tell the story and the various arcing characters that's within it, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, so we talked about Rhymefest. Rhymefest right. is an MC. Right. And this is his first acting job. And like we told you... He's also an activist. That's he's an activist. Yeah. Activist MC. I would yeah. say more activist yeah. and MC together. Activist MC. Yeah. And this is his first acting role. You right. mostly know him. He wrote Jesus Walk. Oh, he wrote. Uh, yeah. But I mean, he wrote a Jesus lot for Walk Kanye. for Kanye. Yeah. Right? A lot of Kanye's early stuff, Rhymefest was the right. But Jesus Walks was the one who penned yeah. Jesus Walks. Right? Conscious writer. Conscious writer. Very good. Right? Yeah. So he's in here, and this is his first acting job. Right. And he pulls this character off, and it's in the way that. Amelia Estevez wrote the script. Right. The way he peels back the onion. Yeah. The way that he unveils things without having to have it said. Yeah. But how it's unveiled within the within picture, within moving picture form. That's what makes a great film. Yeah. This is a great film. He had he said he had to go independent because the national yeah. The 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 uh, Hollywood system yeah, they didn't. was not giving it. Uh, Rosalind says, "Hey Tracy, hey, hey what's going on, Rosalind? Thanks for chiming in." Yeah. Um, we have to say so. Let's yeah. go through it first. Yeah. The storytelling. Yeah. When when you watch film, film is not like stage yeah. because film, when film first came out, it was silent. So the story had to be told to you even before they started putting in the little slide blocks where they would have the writing. It had to be told to you through moving picture. So everything had to be cut and edited. In the beginning, there was no cutting or editing. And then it was told to you in picture form. So 
the way the storytelling is told yeah. is certain things that happen within the film that mm -hmm. it is not spoken, mm -hmm. but it is um, shown to you in in, in the images, images in yeah. images, right? Yeah. Like for example. Um, I wonder, I'm like, how long does this stand on stand in? Like the okay, so the library closed at six and no, it's I was closed at nine. Well, she was coming to it was supposed to uh she was coming to meet it's, him no, at it six. Was nine, it was nine because it was getting dusk, right? It was okay. like I mean, well it was cold out. It was already night when she So got then there. uh time had passed and right. I was wondering how late it was because then you see the media how pulling long, up. Yeah, how long and they did showed, this stand, yeah, and they how showed long did the, the sit in happen. Right. They showed the telephone. And on the phone, it showed the time. It was like 1.39 a.m. Right. So they used that type of imagery. Like they would scan the phone or if you wanted to. We knew it was Cincinnati because they showed like the, the, the library. Like the top of the library had the name. Right. And so, yeah, through imagery. Like it wasn't spoken, but. Right. You didn't yeah. say, hey, we're in, hey, welcome to Cincinnati Library. Yeah, when, they, when, when the patrons came no, in. No, no, no. no see, this, so. this, is, this is what it is. Any great film opens yeah. with a skyline. Yeah. Then it cuts to different roadways. Right. Then it cut to the building that is the main purpose or focus point. Then it a flash to something that lets you know yeah. what it is without it having to be spoken. Yeah. And then it begins the live action with yeah. the dialogue. That's pretty much a setup of yeah. a great film. And this Amelia Estevez great. does that. And what I love about it is the yeah. storytelling through picture form. Yep. The imagery yep. of showing the homeless outside leading into right. uh, they start with the skyline. They right. show you the different streets. Then they right. show you what the picture is going to be about. Right. Then they show you the focal focus point which right. is the library and we building. can't forget that you they actually um included homeless people yes in this they family. did they actually did and yeah. then the use of grain yeah. in the production in the image yeah beautiful gives it a a classic but yet timeless right. feel grain on yeah. movies is just excellent for those coming in we're reviewing the yeah. film, The Hello, Public. Sharon. Hey, what's going on, Sharon? Thanks for uh, chiming in. Um, uh, we're doing The Public, reviewing The Public. Right. And uh, it's a great film to yeah. take the family to see. Well, yeah. take the family that are 18 and over to see it. And, okay, so we know that like some of the independent films, unlike the uh, larger films... Um, are in limited release in some places. Mm -hmm. So if it's not in a, a local theater, uh, sometimes you can find it on like Amazon Prime will have it up mm -hmm. or like the, uh, what is it, Cox On Demand will mm -hmm. have a section for the independent, independent films that are just now released. You can also see them on demand. Mm -hmm. So if but, it's not in any theaters, see if you mm -hmm. can but this, check it out that But way. this film is some, uh, a film that you should see in the theater because... Yeah. It's definitely all the speakers were playing, yeah. giving you all of the left, right, the traffic, the yeah. sirens, the everything yeah. was in it. You could feel it. Yeah. It was uh, just the way it is. But anyway, I was talking about grain. Yeah. Grain sets a production apart. Having grain in an image purposefully right. to give it that classic film look. 
beautifully done. It's nothing worse that I that I could even stand is looking at a production where it looks like it's just DSLR. And DSLR gives you a real crisp image and it gives you everything. You think that it's great, but it is not film. It gives you a great quality, but it's not film. You have to put that effect to bring that image to life because that's what the eye is used to seeing so the grain in it is excellent the arcing of the characters like we talked about yeah. before right. then there's a big reveal oh yeah at the two-thirds yeah. of the in the film end right. you find out something and yeah. you're like blown away and yeah. as it reveals through it's yeah. revealed to you first right as the viewer right through the mouth of um, what's his face uh, from Saturday Night Live, um, the, the oh, comedian, Alec Baldwin. Alec Baldwin. Yeah. It's revealed through his voice, right. and then it reveals out to the rest right. of the people, right, right? right. that are in the right. uh, that are having to sit in. But you get the visual first because the camera kind of, you know, brings it to you. Brings first. it to you first. Yeah. The use of the library. Yeah. As a character. Yeah. Going through and showing you the different sections of the library and then bringing it in again to the live action, showing it it's like a, a living right. organism within this story. Right. Using that as a character. You know what I just thought about? I thought about uh speaking of Emilio Estevez, because this is his Finn. project, right? Uh, the movie, the film, The Breakfast Club. Mm-hmm. That film, the entire film took place in the with the, in in the, the library, library of the school. Of the school, and then so, they used some parts of right, the school. school so yeah, it's so, so it's you know that f- had an independent feel film. Yeah, it did feel to it, even though it was major yeah. studio. Right, right. So yeah, yeah. Well, so, John Hughes had an independent type feel. He had an independent type, type feel, director, but yeah, but, yeah, but he was yeah. yeah. Um. The use of literature, of classic literature in the film, moving the plot line along, seeing the intelligence of the homeless, uh, even though people thought of them as bums, but seeing who they were as individuals, right? Yeah. and having an understanding and getting an understanding of what they went through. Some mm-hmm. were veterans. Yeah. Why do they treat the veterans, veterans? Why yeah. do they treat the veterans so poorly? That's right. that's the million dollar question on all right. this. Like you send the poor right. off to war. Right. And then when they come back, they should be heralded. Right. And advanced because they're doing what the rich right. family won't right. allow. They, they, should, have employment they and, should have employment and shelter, homes, homes. You know, available for them. And then uh, a few of the homeless, you know, you hear some of their stories and the one in particular, he said, hey, I lost my job and from that point on, I was just homeless. Right. So, but yeah, a lot of them were veterans. A lot, lot were veterans. So, yeah. Then you come to uh, what we, what we're gonna say right now. This is gonna be a shocker to people. So so close in to the beginning of twenty. Can you believe we're in April? Gosh. We're gonna be saying Merry Christmas pretty soon, people. 
April, April already, April 2019, April 7th, 2019, unbelievable, listen, this film yeah. is uh, the film review yeah. best picture candidate for 2019 yep. along with, with Yardy. Another independent film. Another independent film. If you have not seen Yardy, we review yeah. Yardy. Review Yardy. Yeah. That is up on Amazon Prime to watch, yeah. right? But you, you should try to find it in theaters to yeah. feel that full theater experience yeah. because Idris Elba and the oh, surround yeah, he directed sound, the film. The the mix Excellent. on it, the editing, yep. the auteur, yep. the music. vision that he has as far as yep. music as a character, yep. the the character arcing, Jamaica, and just Jamaica background? and uh, uh, it's uh, it in, in England, England also, right? Also those two areas, right, right. It's just it's just incredible. And this right here for what we've talked about before, a, yeah. these are. So two. far, two. We've seen a lot of films yeah. this year. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And these two are yeah. candidate yeah. Uh, for best yeah. film. Excellent. Films, uh, for, for what we've talked about. Now, in the public, in the middle of the film, because I don't want to give the film where you have to go see it, mm-hmm. I'm like crying in the middle of the movie. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. It's a good film. It's, it's touching. It's, I see why it was a passion project for the actors we named right. and those are excellent actors you know and these are actors who make really big money but they took the time and they didn't get the type of money they normally make but just because of the topic and because of the script and it's such an excellent film and it's such a humanitarian type right. film mm-hmm. um, it, it grabs your heart you know <laughs> And um, great film. So I guess we better. It's so good. We keep talking about it. So right. We better wrap it. So up. so what would you rate? I would give it a, a ten because the acting is excellent, and then the topic is what we see. It's it's life, everyday life. I mean, it's the writing was really really good. Um, I don't know. I would just give it a ten. The film, the 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 backdrop of Cincinnati. Um, really good film. Right. I mean, I, ultimately, you have to go see this film. Yeah. You have to watch this film. Right. It's very. It, it's just there. Yeah. People, it's just there. It's it's yeah. it's up there. It's well worth seeing. And it's all of, all people from with all backgrounds mm-hmm. in this film. Mm-hmm. All. Um, yeah. See now. See those are the best films. You know what we talked about when we were in the car coming back from it? We talked about Crash. Oh yeah, it reminded, it reminded of, of, of crash, crash because it had an ensemble cast. cast. Yeah. It show it, it represents what America yeah. is. Right. The quote unquote melting pot that America right. is. The various right. groups of people. It wasn't all just yeah. uh, European Americans right. in it. it, and it all was economic backgrounds. All so. economic backgrounds. Wait till you see the film. And everyone, they weren't all poor. And everyone had part. Yeah. In. Uh, the outcome. Yeah. Because right? some of the homeless are mentally ill. And some of them are wealthy. But they're mentally ill. So they're on the street. And and so it's just a combination of just diverse uh, background. Um, diverse as far as an economic. And just right. great film. I mean, just a great film. So you gave it a what? I gave it a 10. Yeah. I had to give it a 10 also. Yeah. See this film. Okay. So now, so we just finished talking about 
the public. Right. And now we're going to take a break for a second to talk about the new film review program that's coming on. It's called the Film Review Music Review, which debuts April 30th uh, globally. That means you're gonna be you're gonna be able to see it on your TV sets, people, as we work this out, right? And you know, anyone who knows Crazy D, you know. Let me just say this: you uh, uh, people will know who the real person is behind something when that person is no longer there and that situation is no longer happening. So you will know who the real person is behind it and the real talent behind it that brought people and brought people together just by that. So I'll say that because I'm not going to toot my own horn, but you know, we just tell it. We're just here to tell it like it is. Now, we have artist people from Ohio, Alabama, California, Nevada, who have checked in with music. I mean, jamming music. What sets this show apart, the film review, Mm -hmm. uh, music review show is, we're not just reviewing music. We're not just showing you videos. We are reviewing and showing you videos, but we are pushing for these songs to be seen, heard, recognized, and appreciated in independent and Hollywood films. When you have jamming music that has a message, that has that sound, that can make a great soundtrack in a film, in the back of the club, bamming in the club, or segues in film, sequences in film where they need music. Why not have those independent artists that are hip hop influenced or are hip hop artists, right? right? And that's what sets the situation apart. Let me continue with who have already sent in music and videos. People from Illinois, Florida, Louisiana, and Seattle have checked in and sent in uh, music. New Jersey. Well, well, yeah, New Jersey. Yes, that's true. That's true. That's true. I didn't didn't put that down there, but that's true. New Jersey. Uh Uh-oh. Apologetic about that, New Jersey. You know how you New Jersey. You have family there. Yes, we do. Yes, yes, we do. We do have family there. So, yes, these people have chimed in, sent their music in, and you will see these music and you will you will see the review. Now let, let me lay the ground rules out now early. Right. Every song that you see on there will not have a review actually on the program because we will be there for hours. You know what I'm saying? Because it's our program, and we're going to get in there, but you will be able to see the reviews on lordlandfilms.com. Right? right? You'll be able to see the written reviews on the videos. And as we cycle around, those uh, reviews will then be put on film, and you'll be able to see it as we go. But you will see jamming music. You will see independent artists, hip-hop, and uh, artists that were influenced by hip hop that bring this. Yep. The deadline to submit music mm-hmm. is April 15th. Mm-hmm. April 15th, approaching early. It used to be tax day, yeah. but then they started moving it tax day to the 17th and the 18th. You know, I don't know why that is, but 
It used to be tax day, but it's April 15th. And then the show debuts globally April 30th. And all that is going to be put out there. We've been banging hard on it. People have been coming through, sending their music through. And we're looking for, we have open slots available for advertisers. You have a business. You have a product. You have a service. You have a web show. Come advertise with this because this is the big thing. You know what I'm saying? And it's one thing that you know is crazy. Is and his wife are always consistent. Consistency is the difference. Makes the difference because consistency has to do with word is bond. So April 30th, the show comes out, and again, we're gonna film it. It's not gonna be streamed, so you're gonna get to see the full effect of what Crazy D can do as an editor and as a filmmaker, right? Right. So get ready for that. And that's coming up April 30th. Deadline for advertisers to get in contact with me is April 15th also. And all that is on my Instagram, Crazy D Film Dude. You can go right there, get the information. It's written up. Or you can go to Crazon Dion right here on or the film review on Facebook. And you can read the information about how you can get in contact with me. And we can make this happen. We can have you going through you know, the film review, music review show, April 30th, deadline to submit music and to be an advertiser, uh, uh, two separate things, but April 15th, all right? So now, we just finished uh, talking about the public, and we just finished talking about the new, the film review show called the uh, music review show, debut on April 30th. But now we're going to talk about another film uh, entitled Best of Enemies. Let's go through the cast on that. Now that's starring Taraj P. Henson, Mm -hmm. um, Sam Rockwell, um, Babu Cisse, Mm -hmm. um, Nick Siri, Wes Bentley, and Haish Bruce McGill. Um, Great cast. Great cast. It's a great. It's another ensemble piece. Yep. Naja K. Bailey. Uh huh. And, and you get to see again characters' arc in this picture. Right. Okay. Taraj P. Henson plays Ann Atwater, and Sam Rockwell plays C. P. Ellis. C. P. Ellis. Boy, I'm telling. Okay, we're gonna get to that. I don't want to. I don't want to spoil the review. We're gonna get to this. Okay. So the question is: Is this the same old, same old civil rights film, or is it something more? Right. Because we debated if we were gonna go see it. Yeah, we debated because I, I didn't want to see anything. But Taraji about, P. Henson, we said let's go see yeah, a film. Yeah, because Taraji P. Henson, you know, she did. Uh, what was that? Hidden Figures. And so many other films. We just saw her yeah, other Yeah, but I mean, films. I'm talking about other films that have oh, to do with... Oh, historical, actual historic, people. Yeah, yeah, people and yeah. and dealing with, yeah. you know, the unfair the right. unfair and unequal treatment that right. uh, ADOS has suffered in this country. And then Sam Rockwell is a good actor, too, so we said, okay. Yeah, but I, I, I have some questions about his acting, though. <laughs> and, and yeah, yeah, yeah. But we're gonna get to that in one second. I'm still populating here, letting people know that we're on okay. as we go through. Listen, I 
Well, I have only one problem with the film. Okay, so. well, okay, well, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. My no, only problem with my only problem with the film is <laughs> it was a good film. Oh, I mean, it was film. entertaining. It was good. Oh, Taraj P. Henson, P. Henson, of course, did an excellent job. Acting. Stellar. I mean, um, yeah, yeah. She, there was one scene with her and with. Yeah, really we're gonna get to that. Don't up. don't do that. Don't do that. Hello, Wayne. Hey, what's so going on, her Wayne? acting Thanks is so good, in. you know. It not only you, but other people in the audience. You could hear them kind of. Hey, Wayne, how are those crazy D mixtapes? Some classic ones you have, those CDs and cassettes you have. How are they doing for you? You know what I'm saying? Are you, are you still remembering? They, they they still play cassette and the DVDs. You know, he reached out to me a, uh, last last year, like mm-hmm. summertime, about it. Mm-hmm. But you know, I'm going to film now, so we don't do the. Uh, mixes anymore, but I yeah. did release a new classic mix on the on my Vimeo mm-hmm. uh, on the uh, film review Vimeo that is like an hour and 43 minutes long, right. which is some classic material that I, I spliced together to, to bring it up to the uh, mix sound of today. So, you know, you can go right there over to the Vimeo page, the film review and uh, check that out over there. But what's up to Wayne? You know, he was one of my customers yeah. back in Cleveland when I had my store. And shout out to him. Mm-hmm. And uh, keep it going. Hopefully you're booting those things and keeping my name alive in Cleveland as, <laughs> as the mixed DJ that I, you know, once were. But anyway, okay. Once so anyway. a DJ, always a DJ. Yeah, okay, true. so the problem that I had okay, was... Okay, the problem with the film. Um... You know, having family and, you know, when, you know, from different parts of the South. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the actor, Babu Cisse, mm-hmm. he played Bill Reddick. Mm-hmm. Now, so, Bill Reddick, let's tell who he is. Okay, go ahead. As we, as we, before we give you the plot of the film. Okay. Bill Reddick is an organizer. Okay. I, I could definitely say that. He's called in right. by, by... Uh, assistance <laughs> to a judge that right. he was a bigot. He had uh, he had uh, Andrew Jackson right. on his wall. Right. You know, for all those who don't know, people who practice white supremacy, racism, they love Andrew Jackson because right. he went in and killed up a lot of black people who they call Seminole. I'm, I'm pronouncing it, it wrong. Seminole. Indians in right. Florida right. who were actually black people, right? right? A lot of people don't know that the original Native Americans They killed up a lot of it. They killed up a lot of people. The original people, you know, and then Virginia in the 1920s, right. they passed a law to say that people would no longer be called Native American. Yeah. The Native, Native Americans they would be called, didn't look like the people in the Clint Eastwood film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they, they would be called uh, Negroes. But anyway, that's a they whole other story like for a whole other time. But okay, anyway, but anyway, so the so judge judge okay. has an assistant. The assistant calls the Bill Reddick character and says, "We need you to come on right. down here right. and do this." He said, "We know what you was doing in New York, and right. it was pretty good." He said, "New York is different than uh, North Carolina." Right. And he said, "We know, but you didn't do it. Plus, you know, he was getting paid to do it, so he came okay. down." He's an organizer. He so that's came, who he is. Yes, right. He came down. He made these what they call uh, chalets or yeah. cha- chalets, right, where yeah. the people get together and they, yeah. they they get together and they iron out their differences. They make a board and then they vote in the right. end after ironing out all the differences and getting all the things together. He right. was good at that. Black man. He played a major but, part in this role. But, but wait, go ahead. But my problem is so 
his character's being introduced and he's speaking and I'm listening to his dialect. Because he's in North Carolina, he's, but he's in a yeah, different part. Yeah, he's and I'm listening and I'm listening and then I reach over to him. I said, okay, he's supposed to be playing Bill Reddick and he's from North Carolina. Right. And he's supposed to have a southern accent. Now, this right. man is supposed to be a native right. southerner. Right. But he doesn't sound, you know. So all through the film, I'm watching the film and I'm irritated because this man has an accent and he's supposed to be a southern man. He has an accent. He has a he has a accent that has been trained to just be It's not good. Just just be what, what, universal. It was right? horrible. But, but you're supposed to be from North Carolina, Durham. Right. But your accent is not that of that. And matter of fact, we hear the African come through. So this right? man, right? So the actor, he's a good actor, but the casting was horrible. Okay, because he's actually um they said he's from what, London? London by way of yeah, London so, African by way so of his, London. So he has this accent, right? And he's supposed to be playing a southerner, and it just drove me crazy throughout the film. I'm it's like, what were they thinking? But anyway, but what were they thinking? They they know that it's cheaper to hire well, actors that are not crazy. black actors. See, this is part of the invasion of the black body snatchers that we talk about people yeah. like why are why we have plenty of black actors who can come in and tell this story right why do we need right a african actor to come in and tell the story you know that's what some people have problems with us about yeah. you know having this this actor right yeah. and, and if people remember if they didn't really get it and everybody was dressing up in a kente cloth when you watch panther mm -hmm. the battle between killmonger and panther was about killmonger saying that here you are with this this vibranium, vibranium okay. and and you have this and meanwhile the black people around the globe are suffering but right. you could come out and help right but you haven't and so it was an African battle. So everybody took on dressing in the Kente cloth and the right. African thing. But Killmonger was from, uh, though African, he had a, though his father was African, his mother was American. Right. He had lived a uh, American uh, upbringing as a, basically an ADOS. Right. Right. And so this is what that story was about. And people ignored that. It's just like when you watch the NAACP and they had the crazy witch, rich Asian right. people come out on stage. And I'm like, why are we? I mean, I know it's the National Association for the, oh, no, the National there, huh? Advancement, the oh, National Association okay. Advancement of Colored People. Right. But the, the NAACP was fighting a battle that they didn't necessarily have to necessarily fight and they were there yes they were the guy came out and announced and they had them they were in a category oh i didn't know to that. try to win which which sets people you look at it and you say that's cool but we're not included in their award ceremonies right. you know and you know most of but anyway that's a whole nother story but other than that but anyway, the film was the, the film the film okay. the film was good so anyway so he's an organizer he puts this together Right, and he brings these with two, a London accent or whatever. Yeah, yeah, but, but he anyway, brings these two entities together, 
it was like he was he came over from England and somehow he could put these chalets together and uh <laughs> but anyway um so he brings the character of Atwater right and 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 Ellis, and Ellis, Ellis, yeah. Ellis together because right. you know they're on opposite ends of the spectrum right. right so let's go through this so the film opens up and you're introduced to both sides of the coin right. first you're introduced to uh uh Atwater right right and she is fighting for fairer housing. There right. is a landlord, kind of like today. Right. There's a landlord, kind of like what they said 45 was. There was a landlord, and he didn't even have toilets <coughs> in the apartments that he was renting out for, it, and different things were falling apart, right. and he said that he wouldn't do it. So they would go to the council meetings to try to iron this out. Right. And of course there was a white uh, white people's council right. and then there was the KKK. Right. The KKK as told the story. Now this is what makes the movie good. Yeah, it explains. It explains yeah. you know, and then as you if you read or you do research, it explains how the KKK were the poor. Right. And the white people's alliance or right. the white alliance right. were the rich whites. Right. Right? Politicians. The ones that may have, you know, owned slaves. Yeah. yeah. Right, right. And then yeah. those those people did not go off right. to fight the Civil War. Right. The poor whites did. Went off of right. Fight. So I mean that's right. a whole nother story. Yeah. Right. And which which most people who fight human rights don't really understand why right. they, they their brains don't click right. on the fact that they're being used, right? right? Because uh, anyway, another story. Who cares? Who cares about that part? Anyway, anyway, here we go. So C P Ellis, or what is his name? C P Ellis, yeah, is kind of in between because he owns a filling station. Right, right. Uh, a, a station that not only fills gas but also works on cars. Right. So he's kind of like a bridge between. They have him fooled that he's on the same level as the White Alliance, though right. he's clan and he's the head of the clan. He is right. the Grand Cyclops. Right. You know what they call the Grand Cyclops of that region is CP Ellis, right? right? So this is. This is the thing that they break down with you now. So they show you the one side with right. them having, and so she's sitting in there, and that's when you see the preview. So we're not spoiling anything. But she takes the phone and catches the dude on the back of the head, and then the guy comes in and he says, "Who? Who comes in for her? That's the dude that's in the head of the white council that's also running to be something right here." Oh, Bruce McGill. Yeah, he Carby plays, Odom. Right, yeah, he plays the Odom character. And he comes in and says, you're going to be able to speak tomorrow, right? right? So we haven't spoiled that for you, right? So when you get there, it's nothing like the edit of the trailer. You know what I'm saying? There's a there's a buildup to Atwater's release, and you don't see it that day because what they do is they call on, the, the White Alliance calls on the Klan to come fill up the seats so there are no seats for the black people to sit. So the black people had to do the 
traditional thing of standing up like how they would stand on the bus. Do people understand why Rosa Parks didn't get up? I took a black rhetoric class with now rest in peace. Uh, uh, I forget the teacher's name right now. But anyway, rest in peace to him. I took a black rhetoric class. Dr. Mims, that's, that's who it was. And in the black rhetoric class, we're taught that what made the seating arrangement tedious in mm-hmm. the South was as more, you could be sitting up front, right? Mm-hmm. And they had a sign that said whites only. As more whites got on the bus, mm-hmm. the sign would be moved back. So then you would have to get up. So by the time, depending on what stop you got to, right. if if whites filled up two-thirds of the bus, you would be back there and then everybody else would be crammed standing up. And so that is the the example that they're showing you that how they had all the seats filled up and they had to do the traditional thing of standing in the back like standing or sitting in the back of the bus and so that's that's what makes that so heinous people you know and while the black people were the ones that were mainly using the bus and that's why when they stopped paying the bus it shut down everything and then that brought about change because they still needed that change if you know what I mean change brought about change okay so this is the story that you're in then a fire happens you see that in the previews that's right. no no spoiler there the fire happens and then that's when the app water character is activated right. and then the uh the cp ellis character is activated right and i tell you yeah, he's activated. They don't want black they kids. They don't want black kids to, to go to school, school with, with them. Now, yeah. he has a. How can I say this? You've seen this in the previews, two people. He has a mentally challenged, what they would call back in the day, retard, but now they might call it Down syndrome or whatever it is. He has a kid that's challenged by that, right? And so this is a pivotal story beat yeah. in the film. Right, which comes back later. Right. right, so he has compassion for this kid. Yes. Right, and so the guy, the guy is called down. We told you that he's called down from Durham, North Carolina, because of the work that he did in New York City. Right, and he's called in by the judge, who again is uh, is a white supremacist. Right. Uh, his assistant calls him in because I have this guy that does this thing. And so he calls him in and he comes down. He wants uh he wants Atwater right. and Ellis to right. be the chairpersons for each opposite group. The one for the whites, one for the blacks, right? Right. And so this is where the story really kicks off and you're introduced to every aspect of it. And I swear I haven't heard these many niggas being thrown out in a in a uh, no thrown out in a no, movie maybe, since maybe Django. Django. I haven't heard these many niggas being thrown out in a movie since Django Unchained. Right? I mean, it gets so bad that even in a point in a meeting, the Atwater character. 
calls a person who she believes to be a quote unquote <laughs> Uncle Tom after after the whites have been over there saying nigga this and nigga that. She even says, What kind of nigga? I mean, yeah. I'm like, Dee! I mean, like, it's so many, and you're sitting in the theater. It reminds me of something that my mother said because my father was in the Air Force and they were stationed in. Uh, uh, in the Dakotas mm-hmm. and uh, she said that they would go to the movies mm-hmm. and the Indians hey, hey what's going on Jermaine what's going on how you doing thanks for uh, chiming in uh, she said that they were my father was stationed in uh, the Dakotas and they would go to the movies mm-hmm. and they would be showing the Indian pictures you know like the John Wayne shits and now mm-hmm. John Wayne and they killing up all the Indians and right. the Indian people would be in there the ones that are considered Native American today right. they'd be sitting in there and my mother would look around like what's gonna happen here mm-hmm. you know and so sitting in the theater and you know I didn't know if the European Americans hey what's hey, going Brittany. on thanks for chiming in I didn't know if the European Americans that were sitting in the theater were coming there to talk about to see how integration came about in this mm-hmm. particular story mm-hmm. or if they were there to remember the good old times when the n-word nigga would be just thrown out everywhere and she was throwing it out and I said wow C.P. Ellis is throwing it out and yeah. and when they had a secret meetings about trying to derail the, derail the uh, chalets or the chateaus or whatever they call it they would be saying these niggas don't need so to be around us. So, so wait a minute, let me finish. Okay. So I mean, because I haven't got through it. So I didn't fall asleep in the movie. It was so was yeah, it was so good. Now listen, the story is well-meaning. Yes. I mean, her acting is great, but my question, Superb. my question on the white actors, like, how much acting did they have to do to say the N word? You know. I mean, I don't know how much acting that is. So I don't know how much acting uh, they could get an award for that. But Taraji could definitely get an award yeah. for transforming into yeah. who she transformed into. into yeah. Most definitely. And the way she delivers, yeah. you don't even remember or even think that it's Taraji P. Henson up there on the right. screen. That's how good her acting is, yeah, right? You're seeing her as Ann Atwater. That's right. Story is well-meaning, but misplaced in this time we're living in. There's a scene. Now, we review and talked about American Gods, the show that comes on stars. Right. We talked about the second season and how the first three episodes were like pretty much, well, the first two episodes, we saw that first. Right. Then we saw the third episode and it was pretty much trash. But you know, four. Wait a minute, wait a minute. They changed four. writers. Right, they had changed writers before the season, and that's why it took so long for it to come back. Right. The other writers, they had the folklore, the mythos, everything Excellent. about the gods, right? Right. And you know, especially the black gods, right? Right. And so the first three episodes was trash, and, and we said it was trash. But then the fourth episode, it looked like they had picked up some old scripts from the previous writers, right. and now it's on track. And the yeah fifth episode right. we can basically you can basically watch the first season of American Gods yeah. and then drop off the first three no. episodes of the second season and pick up with the fourth episode going into the fifth and let it roll on right now because it's on the fifth episode we don't know what they're going to do they might 
flip the script next again, week. <laughs> right? But for right now, it's good. But there's a character in there right. who was lynched in this small town called Cairo back in the 20s. And you know what he was Cairo, lynched? Cairo, Illinois. That's right. You know what he was lynched for, people? He was lynched for crossing paths with a white woman in the street. They just crossed paths. She looked at him. He looked at her. He turned around and looked at her as she passed. I don't know why he did that. But anyway, the then they show you the men standing around, the right. European-American men standing around looking. Next thing you know, she winds up dead somehow. Right. Right? And so automatically, you think throughout history, okay, usually when that happens, usually right. that's the jealous European-American that killed the woman because she was looking at a black man. And then they go and kill both. They kill the woman and then they go get the man. So they lynched him. Right. And his character comes back to this town and wreaks havoc, not on European-Americans, but on black people. And this is what the this particular episode is about. And he says this. He says... They, they, he's talking about European Americans, whites. He talks to the shadow character. He comes to the shadow character as a, not a vision, because it's actual, he's actually awake and walking. So he's coming to him as an aberration. Right. They are very sorry for their primal hate of us. And what he means by that is, their animalistic desire to kill us, they know that they are wrong in doing it, but they just can't stop it because like a beast in the wild, they can't stop it. And so this this particular episode, when you watch episode five, it breaks it down and it's written so beautifully and then all then it's more once it gets on talking about the black characters and the black gods and they get on that it's really well done so this is why this film is misplaced which with the main film that we're talking about which is the best, the of, best enemies. of enemies is it saying that if we can just show them that we're human that they will treat us better this is what the message of the film is and that if we show that we are compassionate and that we're human, then thus they will then go on and show us the same compassion. And this is where the the storyline is flawed and where it becomes just another one of those great civil rights movies. Because this is not about how human you are. Right. Because we are human. Right. You, man, we are human. Right. But this is about the primal desire to destroy a group of people who they are jealous and envious of. That's what it's about. So this story, the push for integration in the film was celebrated by the audience. We were listening to the audience. Hey, what's going on, Shannon? Hey, Shannon. Hey, uh, thanks for chiming in. We were listening to the audience and then when the things came up like you'll see something in the film that happens and people are applauding. Mm -hmm. But that's like programming. Martin Luther King said in the interview, he said he felt that he was leading Mm -hmm. his people into a, had led his people into a burning house by dealing with integration. It was not about integrating Mm -hmm. and living in 
necessary neighborhoods, it was about desegregation so that they would stop killing. And it was it, when integration happened, people forgot about shopping at the stores. Matter of fact, there's a, a scene in the film and where. And what did I say to you? Right. There's a scene in the film where because they're so grateful, and I'm sure that there was a black gas station right. that lost all its customers because people said integration. And they nah, switched over to CPO. They went out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really. But, but. But you'll see. You have to see the. So film. people are like clapping in the cinema when, you know, and then I'm like, whisper. I'm like, well, okay, so, but now that the black community is supporting Damn. him, cars and cars, cars and cars, I because said, well, the what white about stops- the, the black gas station owner, you know, and the people are clapping and cheering. I'm just, like, I'm like, uh, are, do people really know uh, what that really means? People just, just right. The acting was good, like we said. Right. To Raji P. Henson, on her behalf, I'll say that there is a scene in the film. You see it in the trailer, but you don't see it in its full capacity of what it does. And it has to do with the Ku Klux Klan uniform that is propped up in the hallway. Hey, Tamika. And I can tell you that if you do not, if it does not make it bring bring some emotion to you yeah. the way Taraji P. Henson yes. nails Excellent this. Actress. I mean, yeah. you know. Yeah. You know. So, you know, there's a... Um, there, there, now, let's get to it. It's, it's the it's the uh, son right. that's... Uh, thanks for chiming in, Tamika. Yeah. Uh, the son is... Uh, I'm just gonna say they were calling it what they were calling. I don't know what they call that today, Down Syndrome. But it, he oh, was a yeah. retard. That's yeah. what they called. Well, that's him what in they the called him, right? In the film. So we're gonna stay with that because you know everything was raw and loose, yeah. and so let's stay raw and loose on this for a minute. Okay. So, right. So, oh, and um, so Atwater hears this. Right. And it's the compassion yeah. of being a human being. Now, right. here are these people that will want to lynch you. Yeah. But you go there and you have a person that's working there because of desegregation. Right. And you say, I need a favor. And then next thing you know, everything is honky-dory for, uh, for C.P. Ellis as far as his son is concerned. Yeah. And but we're still dealing with this situation. The yeah. clan is going in, intimidating right. people. Right. And you know, and then there's a scene during during a vote sequence where there's a white woman that stands up there, young white woman, young European American, and I'm, I'm sitting up there. Everybody's sitting on pens and I said, I know how she's gonna vote just because of what happened. And don't hold your breath. And sure enough, but like I say, the movie. For that, you know, the characters, the characters, the acting done by Taraji the clan in the film, yeah. the actions in the uh, opening up the opening and introducing each side of the coin, right. so to speak. Right. The actions of the clan mm-hmm. in this film were right. romanticized. They even had a nice song playing while the clan oh. was 
doing this, doing an action. They were taking an action against someone. Right. And they're playing this nice song, and you're sitting up there like, why are they romanticizing the clan? Wasn't it supposed right? to be like a contrast? I like mean, contrast? During something while something horrific is going on. That's what they they were thinking that they were doing beautiful they were doing something good. Right? So it's still romanticized. It's coming in their mind and yet you see on the black side of things there's nothing but angst. Right? There is no there's no agency other than the belligerence of the Atwater character going at the people. For the most part, every all the black characters are quiet or right. play the stereotypical role right. other than the Atwater character. Right. Whereas the clan is the clan and it, it's right. romanticized in this film, right? right? They the black characters, like I wrote down in my notes, are doing just what they do best in films. Uh, they have kindness and love towards those that want to lynch them. This is what makes this a standard, everyday right. civil rights film. Right. Totally different. Totally different than told from the focus of a black man's eye yeah. in Spike Lee's Black Klansman. Yeah, because this is white writers. That's right. Which gave no quarter right. or no protection to Right. The clan, right. whatsoever, right. it showed the brutality of the clan, right. and showed the aspects of how right. black people had agency and were mobilizing right. against that threat. That's what's shown in Black Klansmen, right. and thus the person fooling the clan and becoming right. the Black Klansman, right. right? So. The temperature and the tenant is different. And what I mean by that, the temperature of these two films, yeah. as far as Spike Lee's Black Klansman, right. and uh, I don't know who actually produced this film, you know, for mm-hmm. for uh, uh, the enemies. We, we'll look that up real quick and come back to it. Yeah. But the best of enemies, the right. temperature on these two films are totally different and the tenant when I say tenant I mean like produced, the pro- but produced by Matt Berenson and Fred Bernstein so they were yes yes so you see and then if you go watch the review Toby on, McGuire, what, was what was that uh, Matt Plouffe uh, yeah, right. all white see, men see that Operation Operation Finale right. tells you what I'm not going to say all some Jewish writers think because in the film, you would say there could be no way they would have any anti-black racism in the film. And sure enough, it is. Go back and watch that review on Operation Finale. You have to watch these films to see what they think about you, okay? So you see the difference in the tenant. When I'm saying tenant, I mean like living in a dwelling. The person living in the mind, the temperature and the tenant in the mind is totally different. One is told from an outside point of view, just like the James Brown story that, that Dan Aykroyd produced. It was told from a total outside view, looking in at James Brown. Yeah. So was Ali was told the Ali story with 
Will Smith was told, but it had Spike Lee told it, it would have been an inside out because of certain experiences that are the same. And that that's what's wrong with this film because the tenant there is doesn't it may have may have good intentions or may not have had good intentions and just masked good intentions by having nigger being thrown all throughout the film. More times, I think, than Django had. Right. You know, Django had 127. Well, you know, I swear. black people was kicking butt in Django, so. They were kicking butt, but you had to exchange for right. kicking butt by hearing nigger all the way through the film. Well, there was no kicking butt in this. No, no kicking butt in this film. And even when the time came when there was going to be the disruption, Atwater stops it. Which yeah. leads to the powerful scene. Oh yeah, that right. Yeah. So, people, the tenant is different. Yeah. If they cannot tell our stories, don't <laughs> don't try to tell our stories. However, we can tell their stories because we have lived and been subject to the horror. That is white supremacy, racism, eugenics, etc. I feel like when telling our story, there are many, 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 many black writers. Right. Many black writers who could have told told the the stories of black producers and directors. And so, um, yeah, but the the Taraj P. Henson, her acting was great. Yes. So let's break the. I have to break the film down into different sections to be fair. See, unfortunately, we're always fair about these things. You know, as people, we're fair. Maybe not too fair to each other, but we're fair to the other. Okay. But I'm not doing this. I'm being fair because you know I'm talking about Taraji P. Henson. Now, we like her. The dressing of the period of 1971. The costume design, A1. Yeah. Okay? A1. So I'm going to get at a 10. The the costume designers on American Soul on BET could take some notes from this. Because the clothing, though it's in that period, is not as authentic as it is. It has to do like, there was a lot of more... Slimness and thinness than it is today, and then the clothing just—it looks like it, but it doesn't look like it. And you can come close. So, looking at films that are period pieces like okay. this, that based the seventies, the prop, the, the 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 designer and layout of clothing is right there. So, I had to give it a ten. The acting, I give it a ten as yeah. far as. Uh, Taraji P. Henson and yeah. the uh, yeah. Black Eyed is concerned, but I have to ask again: How much acting could it be? Sam Rockwell did well. He did good, but you know, it's that not bi- hard to go into that character when. Well, hey. you know, other than saying the the N word, I mean, you know, his acting was good. He's just a good actor, period. But yeah, that Babu Sensei, that the way that. His, I his, just can't get over somebody with the London or English accent, whatever the accent was, like you were there and trying to the Southern just was just was not working because he still sound like he was from overseas, and it was just driving me crazy in the film. Crazy, crazy, crazy. The use of African actors 
in place of American actors, ADOS, is problematic. That's why I give that portion of the movie a six. I mean, because the thing about it is, is that excellent acting, spending time on your craft, right? Idris Alba. I've seen him in many films and he can do the southern accent, he can do the but then Idris Alba has relationships with black Americans. He's not like just a actor from overseas who only interact with uh white Americans, right? So Idris Alba has relationships within the the uh black American community, right? So and he respects and you can hear it in his craft. Like when he's playing a southerner, he sounds like a southerner, right? right? But this guy, there was just no respect. And it just seems so disrespectful to me. You know, you're playing this man who played a very, very important right, in American history. Yes. You know, this black man. And you don't even take the time to master the dialect. Disrespectful. Disrespectful. Because we are right. Americans. Let's not right. let's not let's not get it. Just our existence and how we've had to right. go through this is our existence. So we're Americans. So as we are being represented on film, we right. need actors who have come from that right. to be able to go to that. But if you are so hired because you are cheaper to get, right. then master the craft to have right. respect for right. the Black American that you are playing. Right. Right, we have some people who say uh, D'Angelo. She, he said, "Well, I'm going to see it." Uh, Rosalind said, "The public sounds good. Got to check it out." D'Angelo says, "So, was it a film that you didn't want to end? Like, how good is it? Was it for that, which one? I, I guess he was like the about public. It. I didn't want to end because right. it was good, right? Because the way it ended, you kind of wanted to see. Okay, so I'm not going to tell the film, but the way it ended, you wanted more. You, you wanted, wanted more. to more to see what the, more of the outcome." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But um, but yeah, the public was excellent. Now, the the Atwater story, excellent acting again. Taraji P. Henson wanted that film to end. Yeah, I did. Too. I mean, like it, it was just crazy. They was just pissing me off the way they treated. You know, I mean, I know it's a historical piece, but it's right. just like there are other parts. It is this American history that we have. They lived. pick and choose what parts they. Right. They don't like to show when uh, Black Americans stood up and fought back, and right. they, you know, just they don't want to show. They, they want to always that. make you feel like you were like. Passive. Please don't, and that's not true, right? Because we wouldn't be here. We were passive, right. and then you know this American history is so heinous because they were lynching people right. that were coming back from the war, right? Who had fought for this country and because and they. They didn't right. get off of their backwoods coon. See, when I was in high school, I thought coon meant white folks. I really did. Mm-hmm. You know, because I would watch those old movies. And I was like, they're in the backwoods. They're not clean. they like cooler. You know what I mean? So that's what I thought. Right. You know, so when hearing the word coon and being used against black folks because of their actions towards mm-hmm. trying to appease European Americans. I'm like disturbed by that because I always thought coon meant them. It more describes them than it would describe us. We have to have another word for those who choose to sell out. But, for those who believe, quote unquote. Right? But the the heinousness of hanging people in their 
military uniforms because you didn't have the gumption because you were jealous and you didn't have the gumption and you were afraid that people would take the rightful place. All this has always been about making sure on their end that black folks did not take their rightful place in a country that they built, right? And so that's what, what flaws this movie to the extent of always saying they can just see how good we are how dressed we are how this and that they will treat us better and when actuality black uh, 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 American gods the black character that said they they are sorry for their primal hate of us right and that's what it is when you break it down that is a flaw that's a mental flaw so anyway let's, let's continue as I break down the film so I said Ten for dress, ten for the acting on her part. Ten, a six as far as the use of African actors instead of American actors to tell this story. Well, the, he was well, London, yeah. So I gave African him a six, London, but, but he's African, yeah. you know, by way of England. Right. It's just like we're Cleveland by way of Las Vegas right now. Right. Uh, the brainwashing. If we only, that's what I was talking about, if we only could show them that we were human, then they would treat us equally. I give that unequivocally and totally undeniably, it should be rated a three. Just for that. Three. So thus, I rate the film. What do you rate the film? Oh, you said you give it a three? No, 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 no. I said that part. I'm getting oh. ready to come up with my main my main score of it. But what would you rate the film? <laughs> Excuse me. Mm, I would give it a, um, a like a, what, a five. Mm, that's close because I, that's good. I, I rated it a four. Okay. That's right. For those reasons, yeah. right? Just for those reasons, it's the same old trying to brainwash you instead of waking you up to the fact mm-hmm. that this is a this is a genetic, yeah. mental genetic flaw right. that each generation right. of them say, oh, we're sorry for what we did. They, they they say they're sorry for what was done 50 years ago, but what's going on right now, they can't see it until 50 years later, which yeah. throws you 50 years back. See the game? You know what I... See the game? Yeah. That's a game you know what I, being played. what I noticed at, in the theater, so... Um, at the end of the film, and then the hall. Do you remember the two ladies? Uh, they said, "Oh, it was a good film," you know. And I said, oh, "Yeah, it was a good film." And then the one woman said to the other woman, "She said, yeah, it was a good film, but this film they need to show to white kids." And then so, and what I was thinking was, like in this film, like you said, like the the black characters in the film. We're trying to prove how they are well, good worthy. Americans, worthy, right? Worthy, good Americans, and trying to prove themselves. But like in the film, they didn't show like the white people in the film trying to, trying to be better. Trying to be better. Or saying how what we're doing is wrong. Like even a so-called liberal, right? Um, white Americans who were supposed, who were friendly with the black Americans it was nothing like trying to prove how you know, we should be better, we should treat uh, African Americans with respect, you know, 
um, we're all one people. We all the, the Taraj P Henson. What did she say? We all have the same blood. We, I believe, like you. And, yeah, you I saw mean, that it, in the previews. You saw it in the previews, right? But so it was more so the black people were trying to prove that they're decent and good people. <laughs> but I didn't see how the they didn't have trying. the white characters trying to prove how they uh, were are, decent. Yeah, decent and good people. And I'm just not. I'm not talking about the ones who are in the clan. Or in the white uh, council alliance, yeah. alliance council, I'm talking about the ones who were supposed to be considered friends of black people, right? Right, you know. They so they didn't like say, you know, it was wrong what their people were doing and how. Right. You know, they so, never said it was wrong. They always at showed, all. They always said, well, at he all. went. He fought. He went to Vietnam with me, and right. he was braver than me. Trying to always say that you need to accept, you need to accept. Right. That's the message, right? Yeah. And even when there were discussions, like they right. would break off into their groups, they had the extras breaking off into classrooms. Right. It was just a mon- it was wrong. a montage, right? And it was music over it passing right. through, showing sequences of scenes. Right. It was a right. sequence showing scenes, right. montaging, showing them right. ironing out and arguing in the room. But there was never a scene where. A, a white person in the film was saying, you know, what the Klan is doing and what the white council is doing right. is wrong and, right. it, and it's a defect and none of that. It's always right. trying to prove, right? right? So, all of that being said, I gave it a four right. due to the fact it's, it's just holding us up. Oh, Look, okay, they held us up for yeah. a second. It is not as well written no. as, as the public or Yardy. No. Because cinematically, it doesn't tell right. a story through right. images. Right. It's too busy. The, right. the, the art of storytelling right. through images in this picture is lost right. because they're trying too hard to right. push an agenda. Exactly. And so that's why right. I give the film a four. And it might be, that might be even kind of generous. I gave it five gave generously it five. because of Taraj P. Henson. But because like if she, if her acting wasn't as good um, as it is in the film, mm-hmm. it wouldn't it be. It would be like a, I would give but it But the brainwashing <laughs> element of it, I gave it a three. That, that okay, old brainwashing, you know, we could just prove and show, right. you know, they were killing Black dudes, the the patty rollers were killing black dudes when they were in three piece suits, right. or the little boys were in knickerbockers right. with the apple hats. Right. And it doesn't matter if your pants are sagging. Or dressed to the nines. It, doesn't, it matter. doesn't matter. They're gonna if they're there to do it. They're there to if they're there to be a two hundred fifty pound pumped up on some kind of roids person choking out a ninety five pound scrawny black child until their eyes roll back in their head. That's what they want to do because it is a defect. Let me tell you. That's right. So, so. now, there was an election here in Las Vegas, people. There was an election in Las Vegas. No, no. Well, it was a primary. Primary election in Las Vegas (coughs) where if people get at least 51 percent of the vote then they wouldn't have to go to a runoff in november right so the mayor here in las vegas mayor goodman was up for for uh re-election and she's term limited so this would be her last four-year term oh right but altogether, her husband herself have have 
all together will be 24 years mm. of what they call public service or what I would say uh, ownership of basically running Las Vegas. Okay. Right? So there's a young upstart coming from out of the historic West. Now for people who don't know in Las Vegas who are chiming in and coming in from other places. Wayne also said the mixtapes were awesome. Thanks Wayne. (laughs) Um, Coming in from uh, people who don't know the historic West was the place where black people started to settle in the 20s because they would not allow black people to live anywhere else. The strip as it was being built was segregated and even as you come into the 30s, 40s, 50s into the 60s there was segregation and so the many of the stars would live out in uh, live in the uh, many of the stars would go stay in the historic west which is about depending on if you drive through the streets it's about maybe 20-25 minutes or if you get on the freeways I don't know how the freeways were back then it it's about 10-15 minutes right so they would stay there and that was the historic west so the first black school where the radio station is uh, located KCEP is a historic landmark and it was the first black school right and there are a lot of people who have who came through that elementary school still today still living you know not that not that old right so there's a regentrification happening in the historic west it's been planned out as probably my uh, uncle got into insurance back into the 80s and he came and told us that uh, European Americans have the plans 60 years out. Mm-hmm. And it's just working those 60 years out. Now, it was 60 years out then. It could be 100 years out now mm-hmm. and rolling the plans on through. Mm-hmm. And as they keep going, they keep on doing it. Mm-hmm. And when we ask people, what is your five-year? Like I ask people in interviews, what's your five-year plan? Right. What's your 10-year plan? Right. Because these people are on 50 60, 80, 100 year plans. So all of this is playing out, right? Right. So here comes this young upstart named Stretch Sanders. Right. He's a young 24 year old who it's always good to be able to organize. And organization is good. Kwame Toure said organization is good, but to be able to mobilize right. is what it is. You can organize people and people will say, yes, I'm with you, brother. I'm with you, brother. But when you're locked up and you need people to mobilize, to man the phones, to call and jam the phone lines, to ensure that you're treated correctly and even ensure that the powers that be tire out and release you, you need mobilization. This is what this young up upstart is able to do. Right. He is able to uh, mobilize. Right. So this is what it is. Now, he, to me, now this is just me. I'm just on the outside looking in. I look through the 16 by 9. Anybody who knows what that means, 
I look through the 16 by 9 because I'm a filmmaker and I look at things differently. My mind works different than most because I observe. I'm an observer. I sit back and I observe people. And I observe situations. So my mind processes differently. Okay? So I'm sitting here and, and I already know that the guy can not only organize, mm-hmm. but he can mobilize. He can mobilize the people to move, to come out, to do. Okay. So how I knew that he was seen as a threat mm-hmm. to the next, the last term, po- right. p- potential term. Right. Hey, what's going on, Jerome hey, Brown? Thanks for chiming in. Uh, he was a potential threat for right. the last term, last four-year term for Mary Goodman. Was right. she put commercials on the radio? And I thought that was weird because weird. I remember I said to you, "Gosh, in seven years, I've never heard her." Do a commercial on that radio, right? Right, right. So she put a commercial on the radio station. Now, so I'm like, oh, he must be lighting a fire. He must be lighting a fire. It was, it was, it was, because it was always a a cocktail shoe in. It was always, you know, good, right? Right. So I'm gonna say this, and I'm, you know, people, you know, saying, play this back and listen to this and break it down. These commercials went over. Now, remember I said 24 years. Now, if anyone knows about the history of slavery and plantations, when most of the time the female, the wife, outlived the slave master. So thus, all of the things were passed down and inherited by her. In this case... It was term limits that ended her husband, but she picked up and through voting, through votes, mm-hmm. inherited, right. and now she's there into term limits to end. <coughs> and who knows what happens next, right? Does it pass down again? So we're talking about plantation now. So commercials go over the radio. Talking about that. Because there's a young upstart that may upheave the apple cart. So then things start going out. Oh, he doesn't have a plan. He doesn't have this. He doesn't have that. Oh, he's too young. Listen, in Cleveland, Ohio, back in the 80s, we had a young mayor, Dennis Kucinich. He was 18 years old. Right. 18 years old, guess what? Cleveland, Ohio is still there. Right. To me. This is my opinion. Just looking through the 16 by 9 and processing differently. Stretch could do no worse for the people of the historic West than the person that's in there because the person that's in there is moving the, in my opinion, moving the process and the steady to regentrify the area right. that it will be rebuilt back up but the right. people will not be able to afford right. to live there so he could do no worse right. than what the person could do and he would get in there right. 
and slow the process down. And what did I say to you? I said, because of his love for his community, he would be an ally. So when we vote, we went in, you know, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, he's going to get a lot of votes because he's active in the community and he would be an ally. But just to, even if it wasn't enough, it was a large enough number right. to let the powers that be know right. that there will be a shift. There's a show that comes on the radio station that talks about making a shift mm-hmm. in your life. It would have been enough right. votes to say that there will be a shift right. in what is happening, even if right. it wasn't. But let's know what happened that he flipped it because it was a low turnout in voting. Okay. Right? Let's say that he had got those votes and everybody there voted right. and he just so happened to have got it. The argument about a person being legitimate is a European American argument right. to uh, discredit those that right. came into office after after the Emancipation Proclamation right. and just before Reconstruction started in the South, it was a way to destroy those and say that they did not have legitimate and right. they didn't have legitimacy and they weren't able to hold the job. That is a European American thought process that is based in white supremacy, racism, and eugenics, prejudice, bigotry, and all of it. And as you, uh, as a black person, follow that trend, you are nothing but a black person. You are nothing but a white person with black skin. Let's say that again. If you follow that, you are nothing but a white person with black skin. Because he could do no worse than what is in there for the people in the historic West. He could do no worse He could only slow it down, get the information, and be able to put it out there to the people so it would not be a guessing game. It would not be, oh, you know, they always do this. He would have been able to be in there and say, this is what this is. This is how long the plan has been. Like my uncle came when he got insurance and was able to look at the plans of real estate over 60 and 70 years that had been planned 60 or 70 years ago just coming to fruition then in the 90s. Putting those commercials across the radio station ensured that the plantation will be regentrified and that the person through term limits not death but through term limits they end, but then somebody else in that camp can inherit again. If people do not get smarter with their vote, you have to be strategic and think with your vote and get that out your mind that there is a lack of legitimacy. The reason why black people are legitimate is because throughout it all, throughout eugenics, throughout bigotry, bigotry, prejudice, racism, white supremacy, Lynching, drawing, quartering, feathering, castration, raping. We are still here. And that's what makes us legitimate. So when you see a a person 
those people who mobilized for him, my opinion now, because his cousin said, his cousin Maria said in a post on Facebook <coughs> that 288 people, he knows 200, more than 288 people personally. That's how many people voted for him, right? Those same people who will mobilize and come out to the events and do what they do. They did not have enough faith in him. And this is something that you have to work out in your own mind. They did not have enough faith in him and think of him as legitimate enough to go cast the vote to shake, just shake the table up. Shake the table up. Shake the table up. So what we were sitting at lunch on Friday after Like It Is radio because I shoot that every Friday and I sat there at the table and we were sitting there and I said the only thing that I see and I like I did I process different because I look through the 16 by 9 and I observe I see I see a lot more than most people see and I can sit right there in it and see it I said what I see is it's either love or hate and what I see there is with 288 votes but he can mobilize thousands that it's some self-hate being played there and self-hate has to be worked out on each person's individual way it's either love either you are black you're saying blackity black black ados uh afrocentric uh pan-african you're saying all this but then when it comes time to shake the table up Hey, what's going on, Minister Stretch? We're just speaking about you. When it's time to shake the table up and vote, just strategically, he could get in there and slow it down, right? Put out the plan so it wouldn't be a mystery about how they're regentrifying. When it came down to it, it's love or hate. This is what I see. So that means that it's either love, either you're black, Blackity black black, ADOS, Pan-African, Afrocentric, da-da-da-da. Or you have a self-hate problem, and that each person has to work that out for themselves. I went there and voted for him because I don't suffer from self-hate. I know that we are legitimate for exactly what I said before. The anti-legitimacy tag put on black people are put on by white supremacists who right. wanted to get rid of the politicians that were in Washington right. during Reconstruction in the South. And what do they call Las Vegas but the Mississippi of the South? Right. Watch it. Yeah. So people, if you say you're black, if you say you're ADOS, if you say you're Pan-African, if you say that you're Afrocentric and you love your people, you should have went there and voted just to shake the numbers of the city. There was going to be a shift. There's going to be a shift. We're not going to have the inheritance going from the slave master to the slave mother to the children. That's all it was. So you have to figure that out for yourself. You have to figure it out for yourself. But the man could have done no worse 
then Dennis Kucinich in Cleveland, Ohio is still there. He was 18 back in the 80s, 78 through the 80s. He was uh, 18. He's 24. He knows how to mobilize. And the same people who mobilize, you have to work in your head and say, and you know what? He still has love, though. He still right. love. Right after it happened, he still continues. You see what right. I'm saying? Because Cornel West said, the very people that you're trying to help will rot from you and rip pieces of your flesh out in criticism and things because it's a hard road to tow. And to have love for people who would do that to you, but they smile all the time. I can't smile on a person's face and say, I'm blackity black black, I'm ADOS, I'm Pan-African, I'm this, I'm that, and not vote for them. But you know what you do? You can't. Let's not forget, like, history, right? Mm-hmm. Because even, I think even Muhammad Ali's daughter said it. There were people who, there were black people who, when Muhammad Ali changed his name to, from Cassius Clay to Muhammad Ali, there were some black people who, along with white people, Oh, he's a troublemaker. Why did he do that? Right? Let's not forget that although now everyone loves Martin Luther King, there were some black people who said, what? He's a troublemaker. They didn't agree with him. Shit. Don't forget, there were black people who, although everybody loves him now, who was against Malcolm, Malcolm. X. So, it's... it's Megger Evers. Megger Evers. And, and on and on and on and on. You know, you know some slaves saying that Harriet Tubman. He's a troublemaker. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. W.E.B. Du Bois. Sojourner Truth. Marcus Garvey. I'm about to go tell Massa on her. Uh, <laughs> so. W.E.B. Du Bois, Marcus Garvey, uh, Booker T. Washington. They were at each other's On and necks. on and on. So it's just. So people, you know, it's it's this it's disheartening. But we keep the struggle continues. Right. But so that's what it is. And that's what we say. You know, we can't, as a group of people, if we want, either we have to admit that we're just going to go with the flow and we like what it is and that once they regentrify, they're not going to find a new place for you to go and you will be homeless. Or like the people who have been so far that I hear that it was a, it was filled of buildings, but those people now are homeless. Either we're ready to go with the flow or uh, we're we're really about change and dropping the miseducation of the Negro from out of our minds. If you haven't read that book, which is a group of essays by Carter G. Woodson, go get that book and read it. It's still as potent as it was back then because Nothing has changed. Either we have to admit that we want to go with the flow, we want to just pontificate. Right. Look up the word pontificate. And listen to the lyrics of the Kendrick Lamar song in the song DNA. I think sometimes it's just whatever's in you. Right. So DNA. If maybe we just want to pontificate and just want to do with it. But me, I say, I'm a black man. I saw the man able to mobilize. And all people have to do is come together. Everybody has a gift. Right. We were talking to someone else who happened to stop at the table. I'm not going to say any names, but things will be coming up in the future. But he spoke about person having this ability and that ability. 
If one person has the ability to be a radio personality, other person has ability to mobilize. Another one has ability to teach. Another one has the ability to put across a crystal clear image with great quality sound that will stand the test of time and not be dust and be there into the future telling the story. Then all these people come together to make it happen and not worry about the games that are, have been played by European Americans against the psyche of black people saying that we are not worthy. And so that's what we're going to leave that people. I mean, I could beat it. We could go on for hours with it and go through all kinds of all kinds of facets of the diamond and how, you know, the light should shine through to bring out these different facets, but we're going to leave it right there. The problem is love and self-hate. Either you do love or it's self-hate. So that's what we're going to leave it. This has been another, and see the public because Excellent if, film. You, if because this situation was not slowed down right. and all they had to do is think strategically get vote to slow this process down, you may need to see the public. Yeah. Shout out to the people who are out there Operation I, I can't think of it right now. Yeah. Excuse me for that. With uh, with uh, let's go to work entertainment. Shantae yeah. and her husband Eddie Helping out the there feeding community. the homeless. Yep. Right, you may need to see the public yeah. to understand what could be coming very soon yeah. because this did not get slowed down, and that's all it was. Just thinking strategically. So this has been a robust uh, episode. This is episode fifty-four. 54 episodes of the film review. So we reviewed the public. We reviewed yep. the, the best, best of, of enemies. enemies. We yep. talked about the new the film review music review show that's right. coming on. Right. Deadline to put in ads right. to show. We have ad space. Right. Uh, April 15th. Right. Deadline for songs to be right. submitted by artists to show absolutely free, no charge. We're making sure right. you're just seeing her, recognize, appreciate it to be in independent films and Hollywood movies. Right. Uh, April 15th. Right. Show debuts globally April 30th. Right. Um, and we talked about the Stretch Sanders candidacy and right. what it means and what it meant and what it means now right. for the future right. and the whole psychological situation that it meant. So, Again, you have been watching the film review. Movies, music, culture, politics, and society. We are the husband and wife team. I'm Crazy D. Tracy. And we review movies, music, culture, politics, and society. And we'll see you next time on the film review. This is another great episode of the film review. We are the husband and wife team. We are the husband and wife team. We are the husband and wife team. Stay tuned. We're the husband and wife team. I'm Crazy D. And this is the film review. Stay tuned. We got a lot to talk about. We are the husband and wife team. We review movies, music, culture, politics, and society. This is the film review. Movies, music, culture, politics, and society. We're the husband and wife team. I'm Crazy D. Tracy. And we review movies, music, culture, politics, and society. Sunday at 5.30 on Crazy Dion page on Facebook. 
live stream, the film review, movies, music, culture, politics, and society. This is the film review. Now is the chance to use reliable energy to grow your money with the Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. Our new investment product offers competitive returns, no maintenance fees, and flexible online access to your money. Make the reliable investment in reliable energy. The Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. To find out more, go online to reliabilityinvestment.com. That's reliabilityinvestment.com.